0: Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle Podcast. Your host, Nate. Hope. You hope. You hope. Your host, Nate Maxson, here with you. And I am joined, of course, by my brother, Aaron. Hello, everybody. Mr. Archie Mitchell. What's up? And Mr. Mark Brew.
1: Yeah, I'm ready to regulate.
0: (laughs) Damn. Oh, um, So this week we're going to continue our journey through the Pro Wrestling Illustrated 500 and stay tuned after we do this on the show where I will add the audio of the Facebook Live that we just did um discussing Vince McMahon stepping down as the CEO and chairman of World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh so stay tuned for that after we do this. Last week we left off, gentlemen, with a legend at 116, Andre the Giant. We are getting closer to the top hundred. See how many. Let's see how far we get tonight no, here nice on the season. Weekend Wrestle
2: Podcast. I'm going to say we're going to get to like seventy-eight.
0: All right, uh, Archie calls number
2: seventy-eight. Yeah. Number, um, it's not that hard. Just pick a number. <laughs> Eighty-three.
3: <laughs> i'm gonna go i to keep the ivan pussy keep, thing going along. i'm gonna go 69. <laughs> i just i just
0: need you guys to keep in mind how long-winded we all are <laughs> right well let's go number 115 mr wonderful paul orndorff hells yeah
3: Five eleven, two fifty three, twelve
0: 253 12 years pro a three-time Georgia national champion, war with Hulk Hogan was voted Feud of the Year in 1986, currently competing in the UWF. Um, should have had a run with the belt. Yes, he should have beat Hulk Hogan for the title. No doubt. Um, he, and his, his feud with Hogan is my second favorite Hogan feud, the first being with
3: Randy Savage. Yep. And um, he, he was a guy that was a legit fucking uh, rebel renegade, whatever you want to call him, man. He's kind of like a brody. If he didn't like this shit, he just fucking bounce. Fuck it. Yeah, right. Off.
4: Fuck this shit right. out of here. He,
3: and he's also a guy that, um, until he went in the Hall of Fame, which he needed the money, he never went back. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Like he said, fuck Vince. I don't want to work for that motherfucker. I don't want to He was work one for and me. done. And I'm done. And he made a good little life for himself in WCW.
0: And here in 1991, he's wrestling for crazy-ass Herb Abrams mm-hmm. the yep. the yeah, and then he the UWF. Yeah, he
1: did the NWA WCW shows at, at the end of like, in August
0: and July. Yeah, well, they had brought him in because Oli was booking. Right. Um, Because I, I, I have always thought that it would have been better It would have because they were hinting. I don't know if you guys even remember, but I know at the dumb, end at, at the end of one of the Clash of the Champions, they were kind of hinting at him feuding with Sting because yeah. he was in as a baby face, and they were doing like the dudes with attitudes thing. And I always thought that him and Sting would have been a much better program than that goddamn Black
3: Scorpion thing. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I agree.
3: Even if he would have been the Black Scorpion, yeah, yeah. Like, but, yeah, that the fact that he was never a recognized world champion just blows my mind.
2: The, the fact that he wasn't – he was always underrated, too, though, because even during his feud with Hulk Hogan, Hogan barely put him over. When he got to WCW, he was regulated to tag teams or being the TV champion. He should have been definitely brought up to the main event at least once in his career mm-hmm. in WCW. And, and – uh I know this is
3: what you said. Not, we are talking about ninety-one. A couple of years from now, he has some fucking kick-ass matches with Texas. Yeah, kick-ass matches with Texas Jack.
0: Number one hundred and fourteen is the one man gang. Six, seven, four, 14 years pro, formerly known as Akeem, a former UWF champion, brought to WCW by Kevin Sullivan, feuding with El Higante to prove he's the real giant in wrestling. Man, did they have some stinkers?
3: I was gonna say the opposite of what I was saying about Paul Ondorf and Cactus Jack. <laughs> I am yeah. a fan. I am a fan of gang. Don't get me yeah, wrong. But... He's a he's an underrated big man. Mm-hmm. Like like, he could do, like, tippy-toe selling bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, that dude was oh, yeah. be able to do what he did. And I know, like, in ring, he wasn't, like, the smoothest worker in the world. But, like, his bumps and selling and shit was fucking phenomenal. And and he owned that Akeem gimmick.
2: Like... What I, what I find and weird, and it was probably just me, I didn't see him as being as big as he was as Akeem. What I mean is, like, height-wise... And then when he came in as it one man gang, I guess it was the had, but I mean, <laughs> when he came in as one man gang, I'm like, how the hell did this fucker grow five inches? You know what I mean? It, yeah. it was just, but yeah, no, he was agile for a guy his size. I enjoyed him as a keen, even though it was a rim of Dusty Rhodes. And as the one man gang, yeah, he was he was pretty unstoppable for a while there. And also, I'll
1: uh, oh, go ahead. Do, do you want me tell you how
2: he grew
0: five inches?
1: Oh. He, he got the rub and started to Ah yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: and I will say this too on a personal note one of the probably the 10 coolest guys I've ever met like wrestler wise he was cool as shit very down to earth took you know took time with me we had a conversation he actually showed me because I got I had I have a Akeem um, Hasbro on card right and he signed it for me, and he said, "Oh, I remember when we did these because they actually had us—they actually had us do our signature for the signature that's on the, um, the card, on right? The, yeah. And right. then he signed it, and it's exactly the same. I'm like, well, I don't need a COA for this one, right? <laughs> he, 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 it was absolutely—it's the same exact signature. So I thought that was a cool little—I didn't know that, you know, I didn't know that. But um, number one thirteen, Blake Beverly." 6'4", 252, three years pro, formerly a member of the Destruction Crew with Wayne Bloom. The crew captured the AWA tag title in 1989. The Beverly Brothers are the WWF's newest team. They're just coming into the WWF at this point.
2: Underrated tag team. Absolutely. The genius was great for them as their manager. They should have beat the Natural Disasters at SummerSlam 92. I agree, and they should have gotten at least a run with the tag team titles because... Before the Quebecers, they were the heel tag team, in my opinion. You know what I mean? They were never yes. going to get over his faces. They were never going to get over as, you know, with the crowd in that way. They were always hated. So what better way than to award them with the tag team titles? And then if you wanted to let Demolition uh, demolition, or Legion of Doom or whoever run through them, fine. But give them a shot, you know. Hmm.
3: And he's also a guy that Nate's known me, obviously, my entire life. He'll know that I've... Died on the hills talking about how good I thought fucking Mike Enos was. And I thought, oh, yeah. like, like, he, he and Wayne Bloom, <clears throat> like, but Mike Enos, he was just, I I, I think more should have been done with the guy, but it just never seemed to never seemed to happen. I don't I, I'm probably not probably because he wasn't like, like you know, the most charismatic guy in the world. But as, a, as an in-ring talent, that fucking dude was good.
2: In, in Their finisher identity. was killer. The way Literally. that he would just jump up and drive the guy's head into the mat, it was like, damn.
0: And as Brett would spike. as as Brett as Brett would call him, they had some real knockdown dragouts with the Steiner brothers. Man, well, I that, mean, besides
1: that, besides that one incident where that guy got hurt, I mean, their their work was really fluid. Like, mm-hmm.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. But they weren't that, that forever. If you look at that bump, I think it's on their opponent. I'm gonna be honest right. with you. I he mean obviously better. they're they're in the they're in the moment and they're doing their move tight and stiff like they normally would, but that guy did not have himself in the right place. No. I, right. I don't
2: think. It's like the guy who took the pedigree head on from Triple H, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You could have braced himself it. and landed flat, right. You that piece of I mean? shit deserved it.
3: You know who that was, don't you? Who? Fuck Zoom off. Fuck him. <laughs>
2: We're starting early tonight, folks. <laughs> number okay. 100
0: n- number 112 El Gigante 77435 oh. tallest wrestler in the history entered WCW in 1990 a former center for Argentina's national basketball team slowly becoming a quality competitor Should've contending Now here's the thing about him <laughs> El Gigante was not good okay but an
1: attraction. he's he's
0: Well not just that but everything I've ever heard from anybody that's talked about him, he was a really good guy and he was trying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> say what you want about that comment.
1: Participation,
0: Trevi. Yeah. Here we go. I mean, go. He, I mean my, my, my point is are we to expect that this man is going to be a great wrestler? No. You, you know,
2: no, I Karen, like he's, he,
0: he's there to be the attraction. Like, like, Kali. like
2: Kali, it's like the guy that's now in AEW that used to be a basketball player. It, you only want them for their size because you're hoping people will think of Andre the Giant and, and want to, you know, see this guy around, like like Aaron said, as an attraction. But I will say this, Elegante, in my opinion, was much better off in WCW than WWF used him. Yeah. He, like, he like, be, I don't know. You know, at least he was being used sparingly in WCW. Free. We, got, I, I, a,
0: we, we yeah. got, we got, we got tights for you, pal. It's got ass hair and
3: pubes. <laughs> ass hair and pubes, pal. It's like um, Flair talked about it. Like he had to work with him, and he was just talking about like the like you know Flair did always did the spot where you go up to the top, and then the guy would like throw him off. You know, you know what I mean? Catch him and yeah, yeah. And yeah. slam him off. He's like. He looked at it as Jesus Christ. Imagine if this guy pressed slam me off the top fucking rope, like, right. like it's, it, it, it was the visual thing of it. And if there would have been more people like Ric Flair in his life, it probably would have been a different story. Yeah, you, you know, you know what I mean, right? But my favorite but, thing, my my favorite thing is is when Jim Ross talks about him because he was having to produce. Have you guys ever heard this? No, Jim Ross said about him. He said he had to produce him when he was working with. Ooh flair and he wanted flair's title and he didn't have great like um gante didn't have great english skills you know so basically his promo was like rick flair i kill you (laughs) and jim ross (laughs) you can't say you're gonna kill him because you're not really gonna kill him like like you gotta you gotta say like i want your belt or i want this all right all right all right let's do it again Rick Flair, I kill you. It's like Jesus. <laughs> but I'm just again, thinking, I I'm just that. thinking of cur- like curmudgeon Jim Ross trying to get something out of this <laughs> guy and being like he's a nice guy, but Jesus
4: Christ!
2: Listen, <laughs> listen, boy, you can't say kill. You can't say kill, boy. Say <laughs> yeah, so you like, want his belt. I kill you. Yes, I kill him. No, but yeah. I will. As far as WCW went with him he was in a lot more six man tags eight man tags you know what i mean he very rarely right he was very rarely in singles matches and when he were they were squashes so it played up to him being a clumsy giant
3: yeah and it, it it's not something that gets talked talked about a lot which it shouldn't but like i'm a wcw mark you know right. and i liked when he was, when when he was involved with the horseman you know who you know who did the best job at selling like being terrified of the guy you know who it was? Arn, I thought. Arn, yeah, yeah, yeah. Arn did a fucking fantastic job. Like, I want nothing to do. Like, if he goes a flare, I'm not, I'm not helping. Like, <laughs> I want <laughs> nothing to do with this guy.
2: You're on your own, Rick.
0: <laughs> Number one eleven is Negro Casas, 5'7", 175, 12 years pro. Sensational Mexican wrestler is now a worldwide star. Matches against fellow aerial specialist Jushin Liger were nineteen ninety classics. Great flying repertoire. From what I've seen of Negro Costas, he was pretty darn good.
3: Yeah, yeah, it wasn't bad. What does Costas you
0: know? Houses? No, that's <laughs> Costas. Black Houses? Is yeah, what, Black what
1: Houses.
2: Is
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow.
2: now, now I gotta look it up. See what you guys do?
0: While you look it up, number 110 is Jerry
3: Estrada. Five, well, they named him Black up. Houses because they were like, this is our project tonight. Like, we're, like this... <laughs> You can edit that
2: out. So. Yeah, you're, you're actually right. It only means house or household. So his name was Black House. Damn.
0: Number one hundred and ten is Jerry Estrada 5'10", 201, two hundred and one. Fourteen years pro Mexican veteran is now a superstar throughout the world. Has held his own has held his own against top Japanese stars during the several recent tours. Has also wrestled in the U.S.
1: He looks like a Hispanic version of the Rockers,
0: like
2: one of the Rockers.
3: L-Riders. He did.
2: He did. You know what he is now? What? He is one of the cross-dressers in AAA Mexico. You know, the guys that dress like women and then compete in the six-man tags with the minis and the, the other attractions? He still wrestles? Yeah. Jesus
0: Christ, how He's, old is holy he? Holy
2: hell. He's like 60 years old, and they dress <laughs> him up in this in this long wig and these women's tights, and he, I think they call them Pimplia or something, and that's, that's his, his job in Mexico.
0: And he's, like, he's like Nathan Lane in the bird cage.
2: Exactly. Exactly, <laughs> that's what he looks he's like. He's probably thinking give me back the damn rockers
0: out. Right. right. <laughs> By the way, the bird cage is one of the funniest movies ever made. Oh, Yes. Guess. Yes. The scene the scene where he says walk like John Wayne to look like a man mm-hmm. and then he walks and then and then, and from, then he comes yeah. over and he's like, What, was it bad? And he's like, No, it was perfect. I just never realized John Wayne walked like walked
2: that. Walked like that. <laughs> All right.
3: Yeah, okay. No. Sidebar, did I ever tell you my Netflix story. Did I ever tell you guys that?
2: If this ends in Netflix and chill, I'm getting out of here.
3: No, it ends with no. it ends with, with something. Um, so, I got Netflix for the first time and I was like, I want to watch The Birdcage. I wonder if The Birdcage is on here. So, that was the first fucking movie I watched on Netflix. All right. And then you know how, like, after you watch something, like Netflix starts to figure out what you're watching and makes suggestions. Oh, God. Like, I watched The Birdcage and then Netflix was like, would you like to watch Long Term Companion? And it was like, <laughs> you like you guys like hugging on the beach. Would you like to watch Bareback Mountain? Yeah, it's like it's showing me all these movies, and I'm like, no, why would I want to watch this? And oh, I figured oh God, out, well, it's then... like an algorithm it, well, I watched the birdcage. So I was like, I gotta watch like Die Hard and Terminator. <laughs>
2: And so Netflix
3: doesn't
0: think yep. I'm gay. Some, I got to watch something where Jamie Lee Curtis has her tits out. Something. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, Netflix, oh, oh, no. Netflix thinks I'm gay. Oh, no. think
0: thinks I'm gay. I like that Oh, wow. Uh, 109. Uh, I'm not going to know who this is, I don't think. Uh, Na- Na- Naoki Sano. 5'9", years pro, a top star of Japan's Super World Sports Federation, dominates Uh the light heavyweight division, has competed successfully against several visiting WWF stars. So he was part of the SWS, which was the promotion WWF worked with in Japan, but I don't remember him. Naeko Sano. That's weird because on my list, that's different. What is it?
1: Like, that's the first time that's happened. Uh, It's Martin Briscoe.
0: Martin Briscoe. Briscoe brothers. You he know, wasn't even. Like, he, I don't 99? even know if he. I not even know if he was born in 1991. I don't think I, so. I, yeah,
2: the Briscoes are only like 35 years old.
3: <laughs> what? Who's <laughs> Martin Briscoe? Mark, Mark Briscoe, Briscoe. The Briscoe oh,
1: brothers. Martin Briscoe. I was like, who the fuck Yes, is Martin
3: Briscoe. Look right there. Look right there at
0: 109. <laughs> yeah, somebody was totally trolling with that. That's like Chad Austin's
2: Wikipedia page. (laughs) Somebody was like, look, we don't know who the hell this guy is. Just put Mark Bristol. They'll never know the difference.
0: Nate's not going to know who he is. Yeah. (laughs) Number 108 is The Grappler. 5'11", 280, 13 years pro, arguably the most successful wrestler in the Pacific Northwest history. A seven-time PNW champion, once wore a mask, but has switched to war paint. Because of the, because of the, I guess I have to admit, because of the fact that I haven't seen a ton of Portland, I've seen some Portland, but because of the fact that I haven't seen a ton of it, the most of the grappler
2: I've seen was when he wrestled in Texas. I've never seen any, so I have no comment.
3: Yeah, I don't know a lot about him.
2: Number
0: 107. Mark. Mark's like, like, on my list, it says Kenny Omega. I don't (laughs) know.
1: It says the grappler. That was the only one that was different so far.
0: That was (laughs) weird. Number 107 is Chris Benoit, 5'10", 218, five years pro. Continues to show vast potential while competing in Japan. A former holder of the Stampede British Commonwealth title, trained for the sport by Stu Hart. Chris Benoit, what can you say? One of the greatest technical
2: wrestlers of all time.
0: He just got better yep. with
2: age when it came to his career. You know is what he, I mean? Is
0: he even Aaron? You're a better expert on his career, like timeline wise. Ninety-one. Is he even? Is he even done Wild Pegasus yet?
1: Uh I don't, I don't think so.
0: I don't think. Yeah,
1: he has. he? Okay. July Fourth, nineteen ninety-one. Jushin Thunder Liger defeats Pegasus Kid.
0: Yeah. Okay, I, I I I could I thought that was like ninety two ish, so I guess I was I was off.
3: Well, a then he's bit already now. done. He's already done. What he doesn't even have the mask anymore. because Pegasus kid was him after the mask because they put him in the mask at first because like um, it's just a thing over there. Um, like American wrestlers, and I know he was Canadian, but if you're a if you're a blue eyed white guy, they're gonna boo you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they didn't want him to, like, because of his style and the way he worked, they didn't want him to be, like, jeered as soon as he came out. So that's why, like, they put the mask on him and everything like that. And because they just didn't want it to be, like, blatantly obvious that this is like, a brown-haired, blue-eyed white guy. Right. It, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and then when he started getting over, then they – that's the other funny – like, I don't. I don't want to, like – humanized Chris Benoit. Is that okay? I don't know. He was a human. Yeah. Like, yeah. like he talks about when they put the mask on him, he hated it. Like, he hated the fucking mask. I don't want to wear the mask. I don't understand why you're making me wear this mask. And he hated it. He couldn't breathe right and everything. And then he finally got used to it and was, like, living the character. And then they're like, time to lose the mask. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> I like it now. This is cool. And they took well, it away. I, and if you want to watch I some guess- great I- shit... Watch him, him and Eddie over there, man. When Eddie mm-hmm. was what, Black Tiger? That's some yes. good shit. Yep. that's some really good shit. Like and and I just like I said, we're not gonna get too deep into Chris, but his Japanese shit was fucking fantastic. I I just learned something. It says
1: here he started out as Dynamite Chris.
3: Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, he patterned uh, his, his whole fucking if you
0: there are, there are times yes. honest to God there are times in their careers if you would black out if you would black out their faces you wouldn't be able to tell who was the oh, they were, yeah they,
2: they, were, they were synonymous with each other when it, when it came to style and everything Chris patterned himself after Dynamite.
0: number 106 uh wow that's really weird controversy back to back. Well, yeah, 107 is Chris Benoit, number 106, Jimmy Snuka. Ooh. Six foot two, it's oh. f- Murderer's Row here. Six that foot two, <laughs> 22 years pro. Superfly is still a thrilling competitor. Flying body press from the top turnbuckle is one of the most influential maneuvers ever. Roddy Piper feud was classic. You can't deny... You talk about it's a right guy right. getting in his own guy getting in his own way. You cannot deny anybody... The greatness of Jimmy Snuka in the early 1980s. I agree. If if agree. if if he would not have just been a fucking train wreck as as a human, he could have had the Hulk Hogan push. He was that over, you know. He could have been that guy they went with. Oh yeah. Vince was considering him to be that guy. And then he also he could
1: have had that Tito thing.
0: And also, like wild-eyed heel Jimmy Snooka was also amazing. He was so good in that role.
3: Supposedly, he couldn't read. That doesn't surprise (laughs) me. No, no, he he, he was illiterate. Yeah, wait. it It makes it worse because there's this thing. I can't remember who he is fucking going off on. I don't remember. But it was like on like a... Like, remember when they used to have like the stage? I think it was Honky Tonk Man. Remember when they used to have like the stage and Gene would interview the people yeah. on the stage or whatever? I think it's Honky Tonk Man. Somebody hit them with something and knocks him off the stage and then he gets up and he screams and he's going to attack. You know what Bobby Heenan says? Something you can never say now. Guess what Bobby says? What? Look at that illiterate tree monkey!
2: <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh, Bobby.
3: But so all mean. like like Snook. Okay, sorry. S- um, Snooka as a human was a scumbag. Everything I hear about him, just fucking piece of shit. Woman beater, obviously woman murderer. Everything like that. And it's like Nate said, you can't take away the fucking talent and the raw charisma that dude had. Like. Yeah. You had no fucking idea what he was saying, but you were just riveted by it. Like what?
0: Mm-hmm. the fuck? No, I. Brother, when the ocean, when the ocean meets the beach, brother. The Sixteen <laughs> yeah, it's candles, a... brother. It's there's, a monk, there's a mo- there's a there's a monk, brother. He's at the edge of the. He's at the edge of the canyon, brother, and it's all gonna come down. Oh, sorry, That's I the... went into my
2: Don Morocco. Yeah. Oh, well, 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 have a legit
4: question. Huh?
2: I have a legit question though. Mm-hmm. Maybe Roddy Piper was just trying to teach him to read the label on the coconut and got frustrated.
0: <laughs> you want a banana? You know? I got you a banana, a pineapple.
3: But, but when that dude be like she, everybody, she, when he just be like everybody out there watching in TV Wonderland on Technicolor and all this shit's like, yeah, this fucking dude. <laughs> and then you got older and uh, you realize, oh, this guy's a shit.
0: I don't know if you guys ever heard Piper talk about how when he did the thing with the coconut with Snooka, the terror on his face and him running away is real. It's real, because he didn't mean crazy. to hit him that hard. <laughs> right? he, he yes, yeah, <laughs> Snuka was fucking pissed. He was like, "Oh <laughs> shit, this
1: is supposed to be a
0: shoot." And Piper was but like, "I need it. to get the hell out of here as quick as you I know. can." Yep.
3: he slams that door. And he's like, "Nope, I'm not opening that." I'm not opening.
0: Number 105 is Brad Armstrong. Hell yeah. Six foot, 226, 10 years pro, the oldest son of grappling legend Bob Armstrong, blessed with an outstanding physique and blazing speed, a two time former
2: Georgia national champion. Now, at this time, was this when he was the WCW light heavyweight champion and got injured and then Brian Tilden turned on him? That's like in 1991. 90, that's, okay. that's in 92, yes. Okay, because that was when I was first. Uh, I guess I first saw Brad on from wrestling was when he got that run, the feud with Johnny Paul, oh, uh, Johnny Flamingo and WCW, and then the feud with I've always liked Brad. I think that he this was a stellar been... worker. Oh, go ahead, sorry. Know? Oh no, I think he was a stellar worker. He had a decent promo. He had charisma. It's just you know, he never got pushed the right way.
3: There's going to be a callback to, I don't know what number we talked about, but this was the uh, Brad Armstrong um, Bad Street era. Remember, Nate, you said Bad Street was on the- Yeah, yeah Bad Street. Oh, yeah. Am I, am I misremembering? No, no you're right. Know. So this would have been at that time, and and- it was silly that they did it that. I, it would have been cooler if they would have just been like Brad Armstrong turned on his brother and he joined the fucking Freebirds, right? And like it would have been much. He cooler. Had a look. Yeah. If you want to you know, get to see Brad, as, <laughs> part like... of me wonders if the, if, the, if the if the Freebirds were like, we got to cover this guy up. Like we can have him with us.
2: We're He's all fat shit. And yeah,
3: he
1: he He's looks too, too good. Him. To cover him up. <laughs> <laughs>
3: In my case, it's like, how am I going to be purely sexy and I'm standing next to Brad Armstrong? Fucking. <laughs>
1: Put t T-shirt on it. Yeah.
3: People are going to say, like, like, I'm purely sticky. That's what the PS stands
0: for. <laughs> oh, oh, my. <laughs> um, if you want to see some good Brad outside of WCW... Watch Continental from, like, 87, 88, um he's teaming with his dad and his brother and doing single stuff, too. But just, yeah, what a wrestler. What a great wrestler.
3: And everything Simple. I heard, he's kind, of, he's kind of like the Malenko um, type thing, where if the fucking camera was off, he was, like, the funniest fucking dude in the room and super charismatic. And once that fucking camera came on, he clammed up.
2: I just recently watched uh, Malenko versus Brad Armstrong from an, an episode of WCW Nitro. And let me tell you something. They actually gave them 15 minutes to work with, and those two put on a clinic. I mean, I—I I, I, like I said, I've always liked Brad, but watching him in that match was like, damn, he gave Dean a run for his money.
3: And he's also the only so. time I can watch Tim Horner and not think it's insufferable. <laughs> Number 104 is the Angel of Death.
0: Six five three ten six six years pro. The Freebirds brought him to the UWF in 87, captured the Texas title by forfeit from Kerry Von Erich in 1990. Powerful, brings a trumpet to the ring. That
1: was, uh, I learned something about him just recently. That was the last scheduled match that Kerry had, and that was his opponent. Before
2: um, you know, he did what he yeah, did. That's... Was ironic, French, wasn't it the French horn he brought to the ring? I don't know. I thought I thought it was, <laughs> along.
1: It was a sickle.
2: <laughs> I know. I, I know one thing though. I just had a figure released by a company, so a company yeah. Well, I re-
0: I remember I remember seeing him on. I think he was on GWF at one point. Um, I remember Maybe. seeing him world-class. Uh, I also remember that at one point, he was one of the people they were considering really? being the true identity of the Black Scorpion. Really?
3: Yes. He was like an Ox Baker motherfucker, wasn't he? There he is. Yeah. yeah there he is. <laughs> with, his, with his taco meat out, and bald head. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> All right, number 103, Larry
0: Cameron, 61285 years pro, Ooh. street tough Chicago brawler, held the Stampede North American title in 1989. Father was Chicago, was a Chicago Club fighter, played with the NFL's Den- Denver Broncos. You never seen Larry think Cameron. Of a more, think no? of a
3: more jack. Think of a more jack Ahmed Johnson.
2: Really? Yep. <laughs> Is that possible? Wow. Awesome? I was not. gonna
1: say a uh, a light skinned black version of Hollywood Hogan.
2: You're making this worse because now I have a bunch of pictures running in my head that shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never. I I I don't know anything about him, and nah. I can't. Why would he be this high up on the list when other wrestlers are so far back? It's a good
0: question. Uh Maybe he knew Bill, Bill after. Tell
1: me you don't get. Hollywood Hogan vibes.
2: I get, for I that, get macho in I see more of macho. You know, <laughs> little warrior, little macho, little Hogan
1: with, with Teddy Long somewhere. <laughs> yeah, a
2: little bit of Teddy Long. <laughs> 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 what a mix this guy is! What would happen if these four people had a baby? Yeah. <laughs> Damn,
0: that thing would be charismatic. 102, speaking of charismatic, Robert Fuller, 6'5, 257, 21 years pro, Tennessee stud. Yep. Oh, sorry, Aaron. Tennessee stud has shocked the sport by turning good. He and Jeff Jarrett are the current USWA tag team champions. A rugged brawler from the old school. The Fullers. Right. Ru- this this Robert is Robert, Robert Fuller. Rob. Robert
3: Fuller. Yeah. A jam.
0: I, <laughs> I swear.
1: He reminds me of uh like when he Jackson, did the whole Colonel the Colonel Robert Parker thing. It, for some reason I make the connection between him and uh Rosco from uh Dukes of Hazzard. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah uh, like that. Mixed with and mixed with foghorn leghorn. Right. Um, but I, I think
3: said that's what he was going for. Yeah, and I've said it multiple times Him and Jimmy Golden were a fucking underrated tag team Or I shouldn't say underrated They were a regional tag team that doesn't get talked about a lot Because they never went anywhere other than Like the Tennessee, Kentucky type area And Well, they, they kind of did though When they got up in WCW But he was a manager then Um, But I just I think Robert Fuller Is one of the greatest Fucking talkers and entertainers that's never existed in wrestling. Fun and great.
1: And I really just aware. I just seen that actually in USWA he was tag teaming with Brian Lee, who was changed from the DOA. Yep. And also the
0: fake Undertaker.
1: And they went against Jeff Jarrett and Matt Bourne.
0: Number one oh one, we're almost to the top hundred. Johnny be Bad. Little Richard Six foot two forty five, one year pro flamboyant, flamboyant rule breaker is Teddy Long's gift to WCW. A former amateur boxing champion, blasting left hand is a dynamic finisher, effeminate but tough. Let me tell you something. He's
3: WCW's gift. Teddy Long's gift. It, it, Teddy hold on, hold ever on. Ever. This is
0: where. This is somewhere. This is somewhere that Aaron and I are totally going to part this ways. Where you I get know like it. a
3: fruitcake or some fucking wax candy. <laughs> you are like, I don't want
2: this.
0: <laughs> we are totally going to part ways. On this, Aaron. Johnny, Mark Marrow, WWF, Wild Man, Mark Marrow. Horrible. Stinky. Johnny B. Bad, Golden. perfect gimmick for him. He yep. did a great job. And in WC, he's one of those guys I always say he was much better in WCW. I like Johnny B. Bad. I don't like the Mark Golden Marrow.
2: Bar. His feud with Diamond Dallas Page was great. His feud with. Although Johnny, it seemingly went Daniel on forever.
0: Great.
2: Yes, it did. go on forever. But, but when he you had, think about he, it, if it wasn't for him, Diamond Dallas Page wasn't getting over. When you he know also what
0: I mean? had, I mean, WCW he had dynamic matches. He was yes. charismatic. He was over. Yeah, I, 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 I will, I will say, I like Johnny Bad. I wasn't a fan of Mark Mero, but I was I a agree. fan of Johnny Bad. I agree. Aaron, <laughs> Mark,
1: Mark, what Johnny Bad? Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it.
3: Kiss and don't miss. You see him now. He looks like he see? looks like somebody put Johnny V Bad
2: in a taffy pole. <laughs> Nate, was, who was it, Nate or or Mark? Who was it that hit that shot him in the face with the bad blaster, and he had to wear a mask from Max, Max Payne. Max Payne. Yeah. And you know what's that was funny? A good
0: well, and when I when I watch that segment,
3: I laugh. <laughs> I
4: did too. I did too. Max <laughs> Payne. He doesn't. He,
3: he he's not. He doesn't even over like over-dramatize it or whatever.
4: He just right. at him,
2: points it at him and Bottom shoots him face. in the face.
4: <laughs> right. right. Yep.
2: I think like, Johnny stopped, stopped bringing the bad blaster him. Like, ha
3: ha ha, look what I did. He just points it at him and shoots him in the face. And walks away. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck you.
0: <laughs> Number 99 is a guy we're all going to be able to get around. One of the greats that doesn't get acknowledged and should be in the WWE Hall of Fame and isn't, Bad News Brown. Hells yeah. Yes. 6'1", 13 years pro, street tough Harlem brawler, proved worth in feud with Hulk Hogan in 1989, returned from Japan to enter global, dangerous, get blaster, Savat Kick.
1: Did you skip number
0: 100? Shit, I oh, sure yeah. did that. <laughs> number one hundred was number one. Eh, number
3: number one hundred national bullshit rinkety ass. Fucking, go ahead. Sorry. Number one hundred, Aaron,
0: Aaron, Aaron. <laughs> number one hundred was Joel Deaton. Do you really care?
2: Now? Wait, I, I okay. am the biggest Joel Deaton fan there ever. Who is Over Joel Deaton? Fuck's thing, Mitchell. Hold on. Is, Joel is that Deaton- your warriors of
4: virtue?
3: Wait, wait. Is Joel Deaton the other <laughs> half of uh, fucking um, um, the Smoky Mountain tag team we talked about? Uh, Yes. The Wild Yeah, so yes, yeah, I do care about him.
0: But I want to talk about Bad talk News Brown, and it's it's my show. I want to talk about Bad News Brown. I, I thought yeah, it was yeah. our show. Stop, stop, I named stop. It. stop talking back, you beer-bellied sharecropper. <laughs> I named the show, by the way. But anyway, it ain't about – it's like Dr. Phil said. It ain't about you.
3: Bad We're News Undertaker Brown. Undertaker with Brett.
0: Yeah. All about you, <laughs> bad, <Brett. laughs> bad News Brown. Yes. One of the great wrestling heels of all time that does not wow. get his just due. He does that not. Agree. Indeed. You will never I, you will never find an episode of the We Can't Wrestle Podcast or any other show that we produce on this network where
3: anybody says anything negative about bad news. And a legitimate a legitimate badass, a guy that didn't give a fuck. Like kinda like we were talking about Orndorf. Like I don't give a fuck what? who you are, where you're at on the card, whatever you are, fuck you. And he's also a guy that every time I've read any books by anybody it was kinda like what I was talking about with Haku where he was low key badass unless you fucked with him, he wouldn't fuck with you. Right. He was cool with right. everybody. And right. uh, he just wanted to make his wanted to make his money and fucking go home and be with his fan. You know? And um, uh-huh. he's also low-key like you'll you know this. Um during like the big like talk show run in like the nineties, like the eighties and the nineties, Arsenio was the biggest proponent of the WWF. You know, because obviously Letterman wasn't going to have fucking wrestlers on his show like that. Like that guy fucking Blackball with the Lawler Kaufman shit, right? He would have them on there, and I thought Bad News did the best job on there. I thought yes,
0: he was he was classy.
3: He He was
0: he did, but again, yeah, he was classy. He. He um, he was truest to himself, you know. Um, but I mean, as far as his as far as his uh, wrestling career goes, don't just focus on WWF. Watch Canada. Watch Japan. Yeah. Watch. Watch. Yeah. Yes. Watch all of it. You've got to watch it in its entirety because the WWF really is just a fraction of his career. Although he was great there. Um, and I mean he's a guy I believe him. I actually absolutely you know a lot of times in a shoot interview you go ah bullshit you're just working me. I believe him that he got pissed and left because they made promises they didn't keep. Vince right. promised oh, him. Vince promised him he was going to be the WWF champion. Yep. And then they decided to turn Randy Savage and right. that was that. Because then you're going back into Hogan as champion. You you never got the heel winning the title from Randy Savage because you just turned Randy
3: Savage heel. Yeah, While he right. was and my my one of my favorite stories is um, he said he was walking down a hallway and um, you know bringing up Savage. Savage always have and this is the other thing. Like I think sometimes Savage gets a lot of discredit for like I wouldn't want my wife in that fucking locker room. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd want her to have her own fucking dressing room, feel comfortable. Don't be around these fucking sharks, you know. But he said he was walking down a hallway, and for like at this one time, like Liz's door was open, and she was like, "Hey, hey, Alan, you bad news. You want to come in and talk?" And he's like, "Nope, <laughs> like, nope, nope. Not, like, <laughs> Do I look like is Hulk Hogan? Not- <laughs> Do I look like I'm
4: Hulk Hogan? There
2: ain't no less to my eyes.
1: <laughs> well, he but might yes. pull out a sewer rat at
2: him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I just, to, I'm happy Mark brought that up Because I will say That when he came out to the ring With that sewer rat to fight Jake the Snake Because Jake had a snake I find it really comical and it was great um, His match with Hogan At Saturday night's main event Where he brought out the shovel was ridiculous you know, but did he ever, did he actually ever win a match? Because I always thought everything always ended up with a DQ in WWF.
0: He never, he never won a feud. He, he, you know, like when it, when it was the time for the, for it was time for him to wrestle a guy he'd been feuding with, you know, he was always going to beat the Coco Bewares and stuff like that. But when it came to, you know, finishing his shit up with Hogan or Savage or, or even Hacksaw.
2: He'd lose my DQ.
3: (laughs) And then
0: the he had one... the best.
3: He had the best Survivor Survivor Series gimmick too. Like he would always just walk away from his team. Or whatever. Yes, <laughs> he was teams.
0: stone. He was Stone Cold before Stone Cold. Yeah, like, right. So I agree. Like, I agree. Stone Cold's like David Schultz and Bad News Brown. And I'm not taking anything away from Steve Austin, but I'm just oh. saying like those are like the precursors to the Stone Cold gimmick. But yeah, yeah. big props to Bad News Allen. Like he didn't even like and, the heels. He didn't like his fellow dude. locker room.
1: And, like, yeah, I was saying him being a madass, he actually meddled in judo at the Olympics.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. he Really? A, he could kick the shit yeah. out of you if you needed to. Like, he had no problem telling fucking Andre to get off the goddamn bus and fight me.
4: Mm-hmm. And Andre wouldn't <laughs> get
3: off the fucking bus. Like, I believe that story, too. Because Andre um, called him the N-word. And so he was like, you want to fucking go? Let's go outside, motherfucker. And Andre wouldn't get off the bus. It's fucking nuts.
0: Number ninety-eight, Ken Patera, 6'1", 256, uh-huh. 18 years pro, former Olympic weightlifter, represented the U.S. in the nineteen seventy-two Olympics, former WWF Intercontinental Champion, two-time AWA Tag Titleist with Jerry Blackwell and Brad Regans. I, I no no disrespect to Ken Patera, but I don't know how he's number ninety-eight in nineteen ninety-one. Right. right. Yeah, I don't know what
3: he was. <laughs> I mean, if
0: this would have been nineteen eighty. <laughs> If this would have been nineteen in
1: nineteen forty
0: three. But yeah, I'm saying if this would've been nineteen eighty one, I'd have put him in the top twenty five, but I don't know that he ranks ninety eight in ninety one. And I'm gonna get to ask by the way, I'm gonna get to ask the guy that wrote it that question anyway. You mean Bill after No, Bill after didn't oh. write the top five hundred. <laughs> Bob Smith did, who was a writer for PWI at the time, and I'm gonna be oh. I'm gonna be on August sixth recording an episode with the John Arazi Pro Wrestling Spotlight Podcast, and Bob Smith is one of the co-hosts, so I'm going to ask him about some of this. But anyway.
2: You traitor. You traitor. Oh, no. I'm no, a, not a I'm traitor. A shit, not a right? traitor. I'm only playing. Putting
3: that shit out there. Um <laughs> is a guy that, um, as I got older, I became a bigger fan of him, because, you know, me as a kid, I remembered fucking like brown-haired Ken Patera, you know, and his fucking stars. Fresh, fresh out of jail. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, this guy sucks. <laughs> like, like fucking build-ass Richard Simmons. That's what I thought about him. His full Nelson was cool, though. But, that was the only thing I
2: liked about him, was his
3: full Nelson. But as I got older and got more into wrestling and watching the past, like, heel Ken Patera, not the greatest worker in the world, but promo wise and just getting heat and shit that dude was fucking great. Like um him, Bobby, and Big John Stud together was really good.
0: Oh and when um <laughs> that segment on TNT where they shave the guy? Huh? No, no 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 the segment on TNT where he's doing the van the, the gimmick. Oh yeah and he's up against the building, and and Vince is Vince is the guy like trying to, you know, he's trying to hold he's trying to hold the van away, and Vince is the guy driving, in their are That's good shit. Really
3: I like when they, I like when him and Bobby and uh, Stud shave the guy. Because if you watch it, Vince is fucking marking out the whole time, like he's laughing, <laughs> like he's trying to hold his laughter back. It, it's good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen, I haven't seen, like, probably haven't seen enough 1970s Ken Pateri and his prime matches to evaluate him as a wrestler, but, Not I have great. Nothing but I have nothing but
2: respect for the guy. What I'm wondering I is... Though, they actually got a
1: documentary say, on, on Peacock about him.
2: Do they? Yeah. What I'm wondering There's- is, though... Blair, like I said, I like his, ahead, I like his, I like his finisher. The way he used to do the swinging full Nelson. Why did guys stop doing that? Like, did he that's hurt like, somebody? Maybe that's a good question. You know, what
3: I mean? Flair said ahead, when he Eric. met
2: him. Flair said
3: when he met him, like Flair was into like powerlifting and shit like that. You know, that was like bigger in the seventies, and. Um, he said he met Cam Patera at fucking that grandma that Grandma B's place or whatever, and uh, Patera was like chain smoking and shit, and he was like, "How are you? How are you able to like s- smoke and drink like that and still power lift?" He's like, "You don't got to be able to breathe to lift, brother." <laughs> like, he's like, "You just got to pick it up. Right? I can do whatever the fuck I want." And said that Patera. Had like the roughest time in fucking Vern's camp because they would have to run like miles and miles and miles. And fucking Patera was so, um, like, like physically blown up that like his calves and shit were like rubbing next to it, like rubbing up against each other. And it, it's like Flair talks about just how insanely freakishly big and strong that fucking guy was. But anyway, but yeah, he's uh,
0: he's definitely. I like think I said great, great athlete, great wrestler. I
2: just don't know that he should rank this high in ninety-one.
3: Is he in the Hall of Fame? I don't think yeah. he is. He is.
2: Pretty I'm pretty positive he is. I don't think he's in. Think- this- Mark, check it out.
3: And while Mark is checking, number 97 he's either. He's a Burger King guy now. Number 97
0: is Billy Jack Haynes, Six
3: Fucking three
0: three two forty five. <laughs> ten years pro, powerful Oregonian boasts a fantastic full Nelson. Won the Florida title in 1984. Recently returned to PNW where he won the heavyweight title in 1986. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was another one of those guys that just got in his own way a lot of the time. Um, everywhere he ever went, they wanted to push him, and he got in his own way with his attitude. And like Aaron said, I, I have always heard he had kind of a, 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 a reputation of being kind of psych- like a wild, like psychotic. Oh, he's like a psychopath.
2: You know? he's a psychopath. And I was never—I mean,
0: I'll be honest with you—I was never a big fan, but I also never saw a lot of him because he never stayed anywhere long
2: enough. Right. You know? I know him. Of the, I know him because of feud with Hercules, and that's about it.
0: He was what was it in WCW under the mask Black Blood, Black Blood. Yeah. And Black he
3: was supposedly from a little town in France, <laughs> and he would look at the camera and be like Black Blood, and say it in like his like northern, Perci- northern. Pacific accent. We come from
2: France. Thanks, Jim Hurd. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Number 96, Samoan Savage. Six foot, 248, eight years pro. Has also been known as the Tonga Kid and Tama. A member of the Samoan SWAT team with Fatu and Samu. Flying body press from the top rope rivals that of his cousin, Jimmy Snuka.
2: So is this, this is Fatu, young,
0: no, this is Tama, from the Islanders. Oh,
2: the one uh, that was in the movie Body Slam with Roddy Piper. Yes, okay. and
0: he was in the SST in in WCW when they had Humperdink and he had kind of the long hair. Yep, yeah. Um, he was fine. I mean, you yeah. know, you're you're kind of your average Samoan head shrinker type
3: wrestler. You know, Nate. If I wanted you to play something, do I need to send it to your? Um, your personal message or the the fucking Facebook Facebook feed. Right. Okay. You know I'm to play right now, but I don't think these guys have ever witnessed the greatness of what I'm going to send you with Millie Jack. Okay.
0: All right, number Eight. ninety-five, Bo Beverly, six Wendy. four ch- six four two sixty-six. Three years pro, formerly known as Wayne Bloom, he and Mike Enos were the 1989 Rookies of the Year as AWA Tag Team Champions, now managed by Coach John Tolis in the WWF. I don't think they were ever managed by the coach on TV. No. No. I don't believe.
2: Maybe once or twice.
0: Because he wound up
2: managing perfect. Perfect, yeah. Yeah. I, I like Wayne Bloom. I enjoyed him in his younger career before they became the Beverly Brothers. Uh, I enjoyed him in WCW when him and Mike, you know, moved over there after they were the Beverly brothers. And uh, from what I understand and from what I've seen, his son, Von Wagner, is doing great on NXT. So it goes to show the Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Mm-hmm.
3: His kid looks like the Geico Caveman.
2: He does. I agree with that. But that's what he's actually playing, too, a monster. You know?
3: They also, uh, Kevin Nash <laughs> talked about him and said that, too. You, you wouldn't know it to look at him, but he was like <sighs> strong, like that dude could like power lift like a motherfucker. And Nash was like, I could never figure out how fucking strong this dude was, and he looked like a fucking string beam, basically. But it's like Jesus Christ, it was like it was well, he like was
2: not a small guy.
3: It, but but if you look at him, he's not like Jack the Gills. But he was saying like, like he didn't use these guys' names, but he was basically saying like he was in like. The John Cena Cesaro type freakish strength, like Jesus
4: Christ. Right.
0: Number ninety-four, a member of one of my favorite tag teams of all time, a wrestler I have amazing respect for. I love this guy, but I question his choice of a name at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Because he had left the WWF under not great circumstances, and he renamed himself from Axe of Demolition to Axis the Demolisher. 6-2-3-0-3, four years pro. He's not four years pro. Whatever. A founding anybody- member of Demolition duo with Smash was among the most successful teams in WWF history. Now competing. <laughs> In the Global Wrestling Federation. Totally kayfabing me there on the four years pro. It should be 24 years. 15,
2: 24, yeah, 15, 20 years pro. Damn. But anyway, I. Mongol, for Christ's sake. I love
0: Axe. I love Axe. I love Demolition. I love Bill E.D., but Axis the Demolisher is a terrible name.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He could have went back to being the mass superstar. He could have been went back. You know, he could have come up with a different name. Well, and
0: I, yeah, I was gonna say, I even understand rolling on with the demolition gimmick because you're just coming off of it. And how are you gonna make the most money for your indie appearances? right. you
3: right. know,
0: come use that gimmick. But man, he could have picked a better name.
3: He was like, I'm gonna get as
1: close as I can to it
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: without using the actual name.
2: Right? Should have just, just should have just added an er to it. Named his name himself, actor. You know what I mean? Something. Or here's my here's my partner, Smashy. Yeah, my- he, he, he's Access and
3: Smashy, the Demolishers. He's a guy, you know, honestly. That like a lot of times when I hear about like WWF, like like big dogging people or whatever, I'm just like, well, they came up with it. They did this. They did that. Like, I really do think he got done dirty, in my
2: opinion. He did. I agree. He did. He did.
3: That's a guy. I feel that like Vince fucked.
2: Mm-hmm. Good oh, yeah.
3: Fucking twelve million dollars for it.
0: And they were a him and him and um, him and uh, Smash were integral parts of the success of the WWF oh. in the late 1980s, and they
3: never get any acknowledgement. Nope. It's because they were in that class action deal, man.
0: There were lots of people that were in I that know, class they, action they, deal. They did, but, they did
3: every one of them. Every time there's a class action thing. And I'm not I'm not saying it's right, but Hey, maybe that'll change now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Triple H reaches out and offers them a legends deal. I mean if Triple H got it done with Bruno,
3: right? Could you imagine if the next class action thing for concussions comes up and Vince puts himself in it? He's like, I'll I'll, I'll throw him in. <laughs> I need money. I need so money. Did you see that time, Taker hit me with that fucking shovel. That's what happened. <laughs> Have you ever
0: seen S- Saint Valentine's Day Massacre? My is. ass
3: still hurts. You want to know why Creative went in the toilet? It's when Taker hit me with that chair, with that, with that fucking
0: shovel. One of the craziest yeah. hard ways ever. <laughs> that is one of the craziest. Ha- he starts pouring blood out of his fucking yep. dome, yep. like. Like I, I and I don't, you know. I've watched wrestling since I was. I've watched wrestling since 1983. Since I was five years old, I've seen a lot of blade jobs. I've seen a lot of hard ways. That man, that is like <laughs> sickening. Like it's starts you, pouring out know, of Vince's head.
2: And Nate, you know he acts for it. you. Know he went to taker earlier days. Like just bring in take taker. I want to bleed in this match. They're like, no problem, boss. I'll, I'll make sure you bleed Don't go easy on me, pal. Oh yeah, take her No problem, Vince. This is for making. This is for bringing my brother in. <laughs> <laughs> this is for making me think I was going to be Eggman. <laughs> Number ninety-three
0: is Jim Garvin, five ten and a half, two thirty-one, twenty-two years pro, free bird with Michael Hayes, younger brother of Ron Garvin, kayfabe. Turned to rule breaking in the early eighties. Introduced valet Precious to the
2: sport. DDT master. Wait a Jimmy, second, Hold on, you just taught me something I didn't know. They weren't really brothers.
0: No, uh, Jim Jimmy Garvin is Ronnie Garvin's son-in-law. Uh,
2: no, son. they looked look alike. Stepson, I'm sorry. Yes, step stepson. They looked His alike. name was James Williams. Wow, damn! <laughs> they, you just busted a bubble. All right. The
3: re, the reason,
2: Arch. The reason
3: they said that. The reason they went with them being brothers. And Ronnie wanted them to be brothers because Ronnie wanted this wanted to project himself as being younger than what he was, like ah, if he'd okay. like my stepson or whatever, or my son. They would right. have known fucking how actual old Ronnie Garvin was. Right. Like, oh, if I yeah. make, I mean, if I make him my brother, they can tell by looking at me. But let's not let them know and fucking Ronnie Garvin has this like deep fucking French Canadian accent or whatever and fucking Ronnie Garvin talks like a goddamn Texas hillbilly
2: what's right.
3: wrong with But it's like how like i look back at it and like why did anybody believe these guys were brothers
2: i thought they looked alike just, i thought
3: they were brothers
1: you just screwed the pooch for Archie though now he's going to be watching three bird shit and he's going to be like you filthy liar yeah <laughs>
2: You
0: what well, bastard? <laughs> <laughs> so, what is everybody's opinion of Jim Garvin?
2: I liked him more as a free bird than I did by himself. In um, the you know, opposite, I, um, really? Yeah, like he was one of my
3: favorite things about World Class. that's just like him and Sunshine were even better than him and Precious.
2: I agree with that. Yes.
4: Like like that shit,
3: that shit where he had to like go and be like the ranch hand for the Von Ericks. Like it's good shit, and I just liked him as a. I like like to me when he became a free bird, and I understand because like he was friends with those guys, and they always considered him like you know the unofficial free bird. But the fucking ninety, like the late eighties, early nineties free birds, like that's not the free birds to me. In my opinion, they should have called themselves If they would have called themselves, I would have been cool with it. Say, this ain't the fucking free birds, the glam rock free birds. Like what the fuck?
1: <laughs> well, I am a fan. Uh, I think pretty much that you know the shades that he wore. That's a that's a new trend that's coming back around. They call them pit vipers, I guess, but. It's crazy how you see some retro stuff like that come back into being a modern trend again.
3: I did like every time he'd cut, every time they'd like start, he'd start one of his promos. He was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," <laughs> going to his shit. I, 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 like Jim Garvin. I know what Nate's gonna say, but number it's... ninety-two, Dynamite Kid.
1: <laughs> That's five, what Nate was gonna five say. Eight, five, Nate
0: five eight. Doesn't like Jim Garvin. 5'8", 228, 18 years pro, former British Bulldog with Davy Boy Smith. Duo captured the WWF World Tag Team title in nineteen eighty-six, currently teaming with Davy's younger brother, Johnny Smith, in Japan. I mean and a literal
2: psychopath. Yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: but can you argue? Can the can the argument be made the Dynamite Kid is is and I'm not saying favorite. I'm not saying and I know Aaron can say in favorite. But generally, anybody you, you you have to have two conversations when you talk about greatest wrestlers. You talk about your favorites as a fan, and then you have to say, fa- "Like this is, Dynamite Kids is bell to bell one of the top ten professional wrestlers to ever live." Oh, without a doubt. Oh,
3: without no, a doubt. no fucking doubt. And he um he revolutionized the style, that, and and nobody can take that away from him. And no, like I will fucking fist fight somebody that tries to tell me that dynamite kid, like Nate said, isn't one of like the top ten greatest fucking professional wrestlers of all time. And I he gave his entire fucking body that fucking sport. Yes, he did. And and he's just he's one of the greatest of all time. And I've never Seen him do anything bad, even when his fucking back was broken and Dynamite or Davey had to fucking carry him to the ring. He was still the best fucking guy in that ring.
0: And I know that I know that people can say I'm not I'm not here to talk about his personality. I'm not here to talk about his his, his lifestyle. I'm not here to talk about that because it's just like with Benoit. At times, you have to be able to separate that stuff. The reality of the situation is. And as much as I like him as a as an as a wrestler and entertainer, and, and Davy Boy did kind of fuck him too.
4: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah he did.
3: Bulldog stuff. Yeah, Davy Boy fucked him. But in Dynamite's defense, or in 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 Davy's defense, in his book, he's like, I tried to be the British Bulldog, and they said I couldn't be the British Bulldog. I was like, why? I am the British Bulldog. And they were like, well, um, we have evidence of this guy trademarking it. And he was like, shit, I should have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I also think that and I don't want to talk about the Benoit stuff too much, but I think there was some hit pieces when they were talking about Benoit that were like, oh, he patterned his life off of the Dynamite Kid, and look what he did. And, and, and so I think that kind of gave um, an an un um, I don't want to say it like an undeserving light on the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I agree, but but just his in ring work and just what he did for the business it, it's it's second to none he, he's he's i'll even say this nate you said top 10 i'll say and you know i'm not lying when i say it. he's in my top five mm-hmm. like that dude was fucking great and i in 91 yeah, he's a little broken I, down yeah i don't know if yeah, i no. put it that high on the list of 91 but it's just like what he contributed to the business and the trendsetter that he was, I don't think he gets enough credit for.
0: Anybody have anything else on Dynamite before we move on? He
3: never killed anybody. I'll give him that.
1: He was, he was years ahead
3: of his time. You, know? mm-hmm. you wouldn't have that style of what you see with like Eddie and Benoit and Dean and Rob Van Bam and, and those guys. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have had that without without dynamite
0: yep without dynamite and tiger mask yep number 91 is ricky choshu six foot 246 17 years pro a legend in japan a former holder of the prestigious iwgp title represented south korea in the 1972 olympics won the mexican title from el connect in 1982 ricky choshu um He's a guy that I've actually, I have to say, I've gone out of my way to watch. So have I. Uh, just because, you know, like, it's one of those, it's one of those, your reputation precedes you kind of things. Right. Exactly. Um, and Jesus Christ, he was good. And stiff, yeah. but he didn't hurt people. You know, when you yeah. can wrestle sti- it's like Brett said, if you can wrestle it, it and it looks like it hurts, but it doesn't, you're, you're a fucking pro. And... uh Ricky Choshu was that guy. He was he was really
2: good. For and me, he, it was like every time I looked him. at a... Right. That's, see what Aaron just said? Every time I would look into something Japan, there was always a mention of Ricky. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I had to almost go back and watch him in order to understand certain things that were happening. You know what I mean? And it was a guy who, like, we mentioned Dynamite giving everything for the sport. Ricky Choshu gave everything for Japanese wrestling too. You know what I mean? And still alive. A dynamite wrestler. I don't think so. I'm not sure though. I will look up. Actually, look it,
1: up it does not say a day to death.
0: So. Spell exactly. his name, R I K I.
2: Yeah, the last name. C H O S H. There it is. He's, he's 70 years old. He ain't dead.
3: Good job, Ricky. <laughs>
0: Fucking, congratulations, you're not dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: I'm not going to lie. I,
1: I don't know him, haven't seen him, but evidently he chose you and he looks like the Japanese version of Trevor Murdoch. <laughs> That's
2: That's now like a, to a me, he looks like a Japanese version of Terry Bam Bam Gordy.
0: I was about to say Trevor Murdoch, Terry Gordy. I can see either comparison. Yeah. Number 89, they're kind of double-dipping again here. They've done that a couple times on the list. Black Blood, (laughs) 6'3", 245, one-year pro. Mask Rule Breaker was brought to WCW by Kevin Sullivan, but has disappeared. Flying forearm drop from the top turnbuckle is Blood's favorite maneuver, uh, Pure Evil. We'll just move on. We already talked about Billy Jack Haynes. 88, this is another guy I know each and every one of us are going to be able to get behind because we all love him. Tracy Smothers. Oh, yeah. 6'1", 227, nine years pro. High Flyer is a member of the Young Pistols with Steve Armstrong. Competed in the southern U.S. for more than seven years. Specialty is top rope clothesline. Now, I will say this. In the ring, bell to bell, fantastic wrestler. Also, he is one of those guys that you have to say, after his big league career wound down, this dude embraced... And made the most of an indie career.
3: Oh, he's a live event wrestler all day. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. He, he's a guy that, even though I did, but he's not a guy that you can't thoroughly appreciate until you see him fucking live. It's like, that dude right. could work a fucking room. At, like I, I would put him on fucking Ricky Morton level. Mm-hmm. of Knowing the room that he's in... And the crowd that he's in front of and either being able to captivate them as a baby face or get them to hate him as a heel like there there is a reason
0: sorry Nate go ahead I was just gonna say whether there's 50 people in the arena or 50,000 people in the arena he is on or what you know what I mean but on. Yeah. He's on. He's performing. He's interacting. He's, he's con- I guarantee oh. He's connecting with that crowd. He's reading the room. I've they're, never
3: they're... seen... God, never Sorry. seen
0: Tracy... Now, That's
3: alright. Never seen Tracy Smothers do anything where I was like, I didn't like that. Right. What I was, was going to say is, I know this is 91, but there is a reason that one of the greatest minds in the history of professional wrestling, Paul Heyman... It was like, I see something in Little Guido. I want to get something out of him. So I'm putting him with Tracy. Let's put him with Tracy and Tommy Rich. Right. Mm-hmm. And
1: well, I mean, actually like, like Nate had said, you know, about
4: <clears throat>
1: with the GCW stuff and Tommy Rich, literally Tracy Smothers was that to the entire South.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree.
0: They fucking loved him. And so did I. And, you know, and...
3: It's one of many, the I like, my entire fucking um, fanboy life was getting to meet fucking Tracy... And, and Nate can say that, like, the whole time we were driving to fucking Fort Wayne to go to that convention. I'm like, fucking Tracy's mother's gonna be there. I'm fucking jacked. And he fucked every <laughs> autograph up, and he was... <laughs> Eric... Yeah. He said he said, What's your name? Aaron. Spell it. He said A R O N and he was like to my good friend or he, he, he signed he signed my WCW card and he put two A's in my name, which doesn't have, even after I told him how to spell it. And then he said, What's your name again? I said Aaron A R O N. And then he signed my fucking eight by ten to my good and wonderful friend Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> it's fucking hanging on my wall. It's hanging on my fucking wall.
2: Oh, now you know, it, you know, it would be, you know, it would be hysterical if the next convention you go to, he's there, and then oh, you're
4: walking, up, hey,
2: he's dead. No, oh, is he dead? Never mind. Yeah, no, he's yeah. dead. <laughs> oh, is he you... dead? I didn't know he died. I'm sorry. Rest in peace, Tracy. Ready, What would be what, what would be
3: hysterically frightening is if I went to midnight. <laughs> <laughs> oh hey, Eric, and you were like, "No, you're dead." I was like, "This motherfucker did the ultimate kickout."
0: <laughs> <laughs> Zombie Tracy Smothers signed to my best friend, Arab. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we move on to number 87, Manny Fernandez. Raging Bull. Six foot, 245, 13 years pro. Veteran is currently competing on the independent circuit known as the Raging Bull. Won the NWA World Tag Team title with Dusty Rhodes in 1984. And that's all they have for the bio for Manny Fernandez. Didn't he that win with we Reed too? Yes, it's he did. Yeah, he won the ta-
2: yes.
3: That's what I say. Why they drop off the rude shit? That was good hey, shit.
2: Yeah, they were a good team. Or, or what about his time in GWF? Or was that not yet? Right, that was like ninety. If you guys
0: haven't, and also if you guys haven't watched them, some of the most entertaining shoot interviews, just from a oh yeah, just from a these guys are just shooting the shit perspective. Manny Fernandez and Ricky Morton together. Doing a yes. shoot interview. It's it's fucking yes. funny as shit. Just telling stories and and i will be honest with you, and I'm not I'm not at all saying anything negative about him. I I'm not like a guy that's like, Oh man, yeah, Manny Fernandez. Woo, that's not me. But I don't hate him. And but yeah, I think he's thoroughly entertaining, like just to listen
3: to him tell stories and shit, you know. And that I mean, how can
1: you hate him with that great
3: 80s
2: porn star?
3: <laughs> and that arcade right. match he had with Abby was way better than it deserved to be.
2: Yeah. No, Manny Fernandez was was legit. I have to say, he uh, very good wrestler in my opinion.
3: And I listened Rudy. to, um, not to plug another podcast, but I listened to him on um, um, "Shut Up and Wrestle," and he he seems like a very humble guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah number 86
0: oh boy PN News <laughs> 6'3, 402, 3 years pro colorful WCW newcomer fans go wild for the big man's top, or to big man's rap routines, no they do
2: yo baby yo baby yo
0: also a skilled grappler who uses his weight to his advantage, crushing broken record press
2: Now, now explain to me something Fans go crazy for his rap. Is it the Yo Baby, the Yo Baby, or the yell? Or the yell? Uh, that's all he said. <laughs> he never rapped. <laughs> okay.
3: he, he, he tried to rap, and it's one of my favorite Tony Schiavone moments. Because I'm a Tony <laughs> Schiavone fan. And um, later in WCW, Tony Schiavone, he started shitting kind of, if you listen to it, he kinda, commentary, kind of shit on the product a little bit. Yep. Get, no matter what, but there's a segment where PN News raps with salt and Peppa, mm-hmm. and Tony Shavani legitimately laughs at how fucking <laughs> he's just like, alright, here you go, guys. <laughs> this is fucking scary. I can it's think so- of half of the right. that we've done
1: covered that was deserved to be in this Versus him. right? Yep,
0: right. Salt and pepper in that in that um, segment looked completely embarrassed and disinterested,
2: not yeah, wanting right. to be there. Right?
0: Not like when they looked like they were trying to seduce Bret Hart. Good on you, Bret. But this was completely different from that. But anyway, because uh, young Nate liked him some salt and pepper.
3: Anyway, eighty-five. No, Hold on,
2: wait. Before we go over, wait.
3: what was which one was the? I don't want to to sound silly when I say it. I don't don't think this is the wrong way to say it. Who is the lighter skinned? Was that Peppa?
2: No, Salt. She was the the lighter skinned one.
3: And don't sleep on Spinderella, by
0: the way.
2: Now, before we move on, I told you the guys this about a year ago, and you're like, no, it's not." but it is. PN News actually was in ECW for a couple of months with the Baldies. Yes. Yeah. With Vito and uh, the dark, I think the guy's name was the Dark Angel again or something. Or Al- <laughs>
0: He was also a pretty big star in Germany as Cannonball
2: Grizzly. I think that would have been a better gimmick for him in WCW. You know? But, but this, yeah. is,
0: this is the era of Jim Hurd. It is what it is. Right. <clears throat> Jim Hurd looked at six foot Almost seven foot tall, Kevin Nash and said, I know he can be Oz.
2: Yep. Yeah. Way to way to fuck fucking You but you wanna hear something though, Nate? I just recently watched a video about the Oz character. That was in Jim Hurd's idea. That came direct from Ted Turner. I mean Jim Hurd gave it to Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the gimmick the gimmick Yes, it was all Ted Turner's idea. He's like, we own the rights to the Wizard of Oz. I'm going to use it in my company.
0: But I refuse to 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 forgive Jim Hurd, Archie. I
2: agree. It was his
0: decision who to put it on. And right. then Kevin <laughs> Sullivan killed a monkey. Yes, right. and the, then Kevin the Sullivan monkey. killed
2: a monkey. Killed a monkey. Yep.
0: Number eighty-five, complete opposite of PN News. Nobody here is going to hate on this guy, the Barbarian. 6'5", yes. 295, 10 years pro, formerly known as Conga the Barbarian, teamed with the Warlord to form the Powers of Pain in 1988 and 89 on his own after managerial retirement of Bobby Heenan. You know what? Not only was he, like, one of the great, like, men of his size pro wrestlers of all time, but they, put, they brought up Conga the Barbarian here. And if you go back and watch that early shit from like Texas or or Louisiana or whatever, fuck, he looks scary as shit. Yeah, he was. A, oh yeah, in those early those early days in
3: Crockett, like, like God damn, that dude is scary looking. And Nate, it was like you were talking cool. about with with one man gang. You you were with me when I was in the line or whatever, and I fucking met Barbarian me, I was like, oh man, even at his age, I was like, This is fucking dude. I'm intimidated to talk to this guy or whatever. But he was like super fucking nice and um what I had him sign was a VHS like I had the whole tape, but like the sleeve of the tape obviously was like this fucking Japan tape that I had where he fucking fought um Doctor Death Steve Williams. And when I put it in front of him, he was like, Holy shit, brother. I never <laughs> see this. And like he 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 kind of marked out on his own shit. Like he was like, Oh, I fought this Dr. Death. I fought the Doctor Death and was talking about how fucking badass Doc like it it it, it, it was like he didn't want to talk about himself he wanted to talk about the guy that he worked on that show and and he talked to me for probably a good 5 fucking minutes about that match and about that tour that he had over there and all that shit and I, and I know we're talking about like in ring whatever they were doing in 91 but he was one of the I I'd put him in like my top 4 like favorite wrestlers that I've had interaction with at any kind of con, like he he was a cool dude. And I think that he's very underrated as like a big man worker. Yes. I agree with that. Like he had great matches with like boss man. What was that? 90 was it? 93. No, that that
0: was the, uh, sorry. That was the 92 Royal rumble.
3: Yeah, it's a fucking. No no, 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 no! It wasn't. It was ninety-one Royal Rumble. I'm sorry. I thought he had the match with Boss Man when Boss Man was leaving. No, that was Bam Bam. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm an idiot. But I um, like he had great, great matches, and like and he had like a really nobody gave a shit, but he had a good match with Tito at WrestleMania. Mm. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, and he also he also for it being.
0: <clears throat> Something that's kind of panned now because you're like, why did they put him with this guy for the World Championship? Halloween Havoc. He had a great match with Ron Simmons. Yeah, you know, but he was
1: a solid worker.
0: Oh
3: yeah, no shit. Yeah, totally, absolutely. He get he gets downgraded <laughs> on, the, on the list of guys talking about like when you talk about like big man wrestlers. I think right.
1: And, like, I recently, like
3: I told you before,
1: I recently met him, like, here in the last four or five months, and just, he's a mammoth of a man, and he's still working in the ring.
3: Mm-hmm. And don't, like, don't, don't sleep on him and Mang, man. Him and Mang, him, the, man. him and Mang, amazing. him and Mang with the Rockers at seven, is fucking great. Right?
1: Right? Before I even knew what a heel in the face was, I liked the barbarian no matter if he was a bad guy or not. Right,
0: exactly. So we're going to end this show at number 84. Did anybody get that number
2: right? I said 78. I said 83, 84. so I was one off. Yeah, so Mark was the closest, but I'm going over. Mark, you win the car.
0: Oh, sorry. sorry, it's a, it's a, it's a fucking Hugo. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> number eighty four is a guy that back at the time that he was around, and I, I first saw him in Global. Then he came to the WWF for a very short amount of time. I was actually a mark for this dude back then, as a kid. Uh, Ninety one. I'm twelve years old. And he intrigued me, <laughs> but anyway, it's Big Bully Busick. Yes, yeah. one two fifty five five years pro former Georgia, Georgia All Star champion recently entered the WWF. Among the sport's most naturally powerful men, has developed a feared heart punch in recent months. I was I don't know why, but I just remember young me
2: being. St- Intrigued by this, maybe dude. it was the sweater or the hat or the cigar or that old tiny gangster look. But I agree with you, I, I, I marked out for him a couple of times. And small fact, I've made him twice in custom form, mm-hmm. so yeah, you know, so there's obviously
0: other marks out there for it. Him, was an yeah.
3: interesting gimmick.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Har- Harvey was um, his manager, right? Football side
3: money. note, you guys, yeah. um, remember the um. Superstars or whatever Where he came out And he had his stogie Yeah And he popped a little girl's balloon Do you guys remember that Yes Okay Yeah you know who that little girl was Who was Don't it Don't tell me it was Stephanie Was it Stephanie No nope, it time. was It was Bobby Heenan's daughter
2: Oh my god Bobby's like, don't
1: worry, sweetie. You know, Daddy likes. <laughs> <him>. <laughs> I mean, he he was he had a good body. Like he yeah. was he was built like a brick shit house. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And it kind of reminds me of like the old wrestling
3: strongman gimmick. You know, well, well, that, that's that. like, that's kind of what like, the gimmick was, was. He was like basically like uh, Bluto from Popeye.
2: Right, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's it was
3: like, like it was know. like Blue. He was like Blue meets meets Ox
0: Baker, yeah. right.
3: And and you're not gonna get a five fucking star match out of it, but it, it was no.
0: Cool and like game. I said, I mean, I I'm not at, at 43 years old now. When I'm researching wrestling or researching history to talk about it on my shows, or just because I love to know shit. I'm not going to be like, you know what, tonight? It's a big bully Busek marathon. <laughs> but I remember, I just do, I remember back then being very intrigued by this guy, so I'm not going to hate on him. You know, he, he did his job. Right. And now we are going to close the magazine. Boop. Belch. And get ready. And get ready to wrap up this edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. But before we go... First of
3: all, Aaron, anything to plug? Um, just keep listening to all our shows. Nate's Slice of Time, uh, Mark's any Spotlight, Smell of the arch is Cooking. Uh, my little show, uh, The Year That Was, Dot, 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 which we're going to record a new episode of some point this week on my vacation. Hopefully, in the early evening, so I can fast in the sun as I show you guys how it's done. Um, and then um, also listen to reliving the extreme with myself, Nate and Chad. And just, I appreciate everybody that listens to our shows and supports it. And I say it all the time, please just like comment, share, do whatever you can do to get the, the, the show out there to get more listeners. I oh, wanna turn this shit into some Patreon and get five dollars each from you people.
2: <laughs>
3: well,
2: I'll definitely help with gas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a download equals a gallon. <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: I don't know if it's that much, but Jesus. Archie. I think Aaron said the best said it the best. I, I agree with Aaron. Uh, the new edition of uh, if you smell what the art is cooking will be out uh, possibly Monday. Um talking about pretty much everything going on in the world of wrestling this week. Check out Mark's show, Aaron's show, Nate's show, Chad's show. The new show with David Gold and Shine uh, Ortiz, Golden Voices debuted. We got a lot going on, so make sure that you stick around and stay tuned.
0: And Mr. Mark Brew. Uh, this week on the
1: Indie Spotlight, I have Johnny Romano, so we're taking a rewind. meet the king of the 90s, and we're in a gonna... Have some con- conversations about you know retro stuff and his his career, uh, nineteen years in the business. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, I, I'm a little confused because Aaron hasn't did his uh, drunken belligerent send off and it's kind of throwing me off. But <laughs>
3: I'm, we're only like, we're fucking, gonna... I'm only I'm f- only fucking five tall boys in. I had a long day at work.
2: We're going to um, let Billy Jack Hayes take us out this week with the drunk. Yeah. Craziness. Yeah. Let's <laughs> them get fucking crazy. <laughs>
0: and I'd like to say that um, this company may go under in about four days' time, because as I step down as chairman and CEO of the <laughs> Wrestling <laughs> Radio Podcast Network, your co-CEOs are now Aaron Maxson and Chad Austin. Good luck, motherfuckers. What? We're
1: fucked. Damn. <laughs> no. <laughs> No.
2: You, know what? you know what? I quit because I'm not even his pl. I'm done. Okay, if he's gone, I'm gone. No. When did that happen? I'm just, I'm just
0: kidding, Aaron. It's because of the Vince McMahon thing. Get Follow along. Yeah.
3: Like, you still like,
1: He not even want to go to the bar now. He
3: no. In the pecking order of things with Vince Quicket quitting, if it was the We Can't Wrestle podcast, it would be like, I'm stepping down and now Harvey Whippleman is CEO. That <laughs> <laughs> can't happen.
4: That's
1: great.
0: All right, a little audio to end the show and then I'll sign off for real. Um, we talked about Billy Jack Haynes earlier and for those of you that have not heard this ruthless, toothless
4: tirade...
0: Um, <laughs> From Billy Jack Haynes from a few years ago. Hold on, crazy. What?
4: Pause. Pause.
3: That's what. That's the
4: name of the the
3: show. Ruthless, (laughs) toothless Billy Jack Haynes. He's gonna gum everybody that's listening. (laughs) (laughs) Oh
0: man!
2: Oh, that fucking popped me. Roll that beautiful bean footage.
0: This is, a, this is a tirade from Billy Jack Haynes a few years ago just going oh. off. Uh, the video was posted August 30th, 2015 uh, on YouTube. I can't it's believe Billy you Jack
3: never seen this. versus
0: Stone Cold, the official challenge. Archie oh, and Lord, Mark, you have a... not seen this? Nope. I have
1: not seen this, but I'm that assuming off
3: of that black blood gimmick. That don't right? scare me a heart attack. That ruthless toothless shit.
4: <laughs> All right, everybody shut up and listen. Ready? Yes. Don't quote, I'm going to issue a challenge to you right now. Oh, God. I want to get in shape because I got one last fight. Look at that wig. And it's you versus me. You beat Damn, women real good. You're a again. woman beater. You punk ass woman beater. You're a woman beater. I don't like woman beaters, asshole. Dana White. Let it happen, and may the best man win. Steve Austin, stone-cold piece of shit. <laughs> like a woman beater. You're not getting away with it. You're not beating a woman up in my watch. I'll knock your ass out, Steve Austin, you punk-ass woman beater. a White, I know Vince, you're too chicken shit to take the fight. You're a mark. A fellow the work to you. Stone-cold Steve Austin. Pussy. You can beat up a woman, but you can't beat up Billy Jack Kane. <laughs> you and everybody here might think I'm insane. Is uh, guy, what's his name? Stone Cold Steve Austin? Oh, I forgot it. Is a woman beater? It's all work. <laughs> Caesar said the same thing, didn't he, Vince? The heat went on me, but now I'm challenging you to a UFC fight, one minute round to a finish. You're not getting away with it. You get it? You're not getting away with it. You're not beating a woman up on my watch. It goes around, comes around, Vince. It's happening right now. And the same with you two. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Billy Jack Haynes versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in a UFC fight. No, so I'm talking to shoot. What's the answer, Stone Cold? What's the answer? I'm taking you on. You got to have enough balls to say yes. Wait a minute, Stone Cold. Baby, you're a girl. Who knows? I never see you in the shower because Billy Jack Haynes. Chet Joe Oh god What the fuck's hey, up with
1: that goddamn wig? Yeah, don't get it. And did he catch did he
4: catch the ninja halfway through that fucking promo? He's name? like, What's what's his what's what's his name? Still Steve Option? So like, like, call It's so called Pippa Shit. Yeah, in the middle of a
3: desert in a trailer park. <laughs>
4: that was meth being
1: cooked in the background. You guarantee it.
3: What the fuck is going on? <laughs> I'm going to get the, in shape. It's the greatest goddamn promo in the history of wrestling.
0: Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us for this ruthless, toothless edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. <laughs> I like when he's like,
2: stone cold
0: piece of shit. <laughs> he's strong strong cold preacher shit.
2: He went, he went, he went a little jailhouse too. He's like, I never seen you in the shower. You might be me a girl. Like, what?
0: It wasn't. I never seen you in the shower. It was. I never seen you in the shower.
3: <laughs> it's like, a, like what the fuck is that? Why do you sound like What's Sylvester? Happened? He sounds like <laughs> Sylvester the cat, and he's cutting off. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, we got some stone cold suffering succotash going on here.
1: <laughs> and what the fuck was up with that one minute rounds?
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> one minute rounds to a finish.
0: Like, yeah, it it's gonna is, finish. in it a minute. Fucking Tammy Faye Baker wig. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Not a tooth to be found in his
3: head. Looks like a squid, Billy. Right.
4: <laughs> <laughs> You don't need to be challenging Austin. You need to be calling Aspen. Early is that you? <laughs> What's his name? Some called Steve Austin. He's a kid.
0: Mr. Man, McMahon. Man. Oh,
2: Christ.
3: Oh, it's one of my <laughs> favorite fucking things
2: ever. I wonder. If, I wonder if in 2015 somebody ran into Vince and Austin like, "Bitch, you gotta see this." <laughs> Vince never saw that. No, he didn't, but I wonder what happened. Vince, you gotta see this. No, I don't.
0: Vince is like, What the fuck had happened to David Schultz? <laughs> Jesus Christ.
3: Look at that wig. <laughs> like, you gotta see this. And he's like, What the fuck is a Billy Jack Haynes? I don't know what that is. <laughs> All right, everybody, thank you for joining us
0: for another edition of the We Can't Wrestle Podcast. I am going to sign off, and we will see everyone this week, everyone this week, everyone next week as we continue our journey through the PWI 500. We might be able to finish this bitch up next week, ladies and gentlemen, and then get on to uh, the Hall of Shame. Ooh. Billy Jack Haynes wig is now <laughs> one of my
1: nominee. Yeah.
0: Uh, Billy Jack, I got two. I got Billy Jack Haynes' wig and his missing motherfucking dentures. <laughs> <laughs> two inductees. <laughs> well, what, what,
4: what I want, he Billy Jack Haynes.
3: <laughs> what I okay. want, okay. Billy right. Jack Haynes, wig to be is bronzed.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and put the what the fuck?
3: Like the dusty roads, statues, and the entree—the giant statues. Stacy um, Keebler's
2: ass. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And a and a bronzed
3: Billy Wait, Jack
2: Haynes wig. One side flipped up because that's the way it was sitting in the video.
3: A bronzed Billy Jack
0: Haynes wig. I'm ending this show now. Thank you for joining us, everybody, and we will see you next week on the Weekend Wrestle Podcast. Good night, both. Hello, wrestling fans, and we are live on the We Can't Wrestle podcast Facebook page. Nate Maxson here. We're going to record the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast tonight, where we're going to keep discussing the Pro Wrestling Illustrated 500. But I wanted to do this part of the show live on Facebook because it's been a big news day. In the world of professional wrestling. Yes, I am announcing that I am stepping down as the CEO and chairman of the WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network. Then, damn. now, together around the block, up the street, at your mom's house.
2: Is Nick Khan taking over? that we can't wrestle podcast as well?
0: No, Aaron, Aaron figured out a way to force me out. Oh, damn. I, I signed non disclosure agreements with. A midget and a donkey. It was it's quite embarrassing. Anyway, man. I'm just kidding. Guys, <laughs> as you can see, I am joined by Mr. Archie Mitchell. Or I'm no. sorry. La Archie. Archie. La Archie. La Archie. And you. Mr. Mark Brew.
1: Yo, 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 yo.
0: Hey, for, for those of you commenting, hello, David Gold said great shirt, Archie. Thanks.
2: I put it on ironically. We got our <laughs> Facebook
0: user guys. If you don't know, you have to you have to uh, do something to be able to uh, for us to see your name on StreamYard. But anyway, what we're here for is to discuss the big news of the day. One of which was a swerve, apparently, or something got worked out. Um, but one of the news stories, oh, maybe the biggest news story of the day, maybe the biggest news story since. WWF bought WCW, maybe the biggest news story in wrestling of my lifetime. Vince McMahon has stepped down as the chairman and CEO of WWE. I never thought I'd see it. Never. I mean, I knew. I don't know that I never thought I'd see it. I kind of saw him at some point maybe getting forced out. Right. But for him to willingly retire, I guess willingly, because you guys know I've been talking the conspiracy theory for a while. That they've been trying to... <laughs> Nick Khan's been trying to... Alright, you look at Vince's circle, right? Bruce. A Johnny Ace. Stephanie. Triple H. Anybody else. Kevin Dunn. All of this stuff's been going on with Vince all of these years. And nobody's done anything about it. So then you add a new guy to the mix. Who's not a wrestling guy. Isn't in that inner circle. And is known for being a mergers and acquisitions guy, Nick Kahn, who I've said has been preparing that company for a sale or merger, haven't I, Archie, for like a year, year and a half. For at least a year, yeah. Um, And lo and behold, I really do think that at some point he was going through the books, going through the papers, going through the documents and found these NDAs. Yep. And... You know, he probably went to the family and said, "Look, you guys can still be a part of this, but I'm pushing the old man out."
2: Nate, do you remember the movie Trading Places with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd? Yes. Remember when they both walked into the um, to uh, the big guy's office and they're like, "We saw these checks written out to Clarence Beeks. Who who is he? I don't see him on the payroll. I feel like Nick Khan might have like maybe went to Stephanie in person, and went." What's this non disclosure for $3 million? <laughs> and Stephanie was like, you know what? I'm going to take my leave of absence right now. Right. Yes,
0: exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and Triple H was like, I'm going to accept a, a demotion for a little bit. Right.
2: For a little bit. All and of this,
0: all the pieces of the puzzle came together. Oh, in the past and we can't couple forget.
2: Kevin Dunn was like, I'm going to sell some WWE stock because right. that was like, smart to do while all this was going on.
0: Well, let's talk. Let's talk for a second before we get to other stuff. Um, what do you guys think? Is this? Am I right? Is this? Is this the biggest story of our lifetimes? Because I mean, yes. WWF 9 yep. WCW and ECW is huge, but this is
2: insane. the last. The last big story I could even think of that was worth like like groundbreaking and going to be going on for at least a couple of months, because this isn't a one-day thing. He, every time something happens now, it's going to be like, well, Vince was around, or, wow, Vince, you know, it was so much better when Vince was there, or it was, it's better now that Vince is born, mm-hmm. was WCW being bought in by Vince McMahon? And honestly, I mean, Vince said it in his goodbye speech that he, he put up on Twitter, his statement. I'm still the majority shareholder, so I'm going to be there for the WWE no matter what. So that, to me, says that he's still the owner. Yeah, but he's not going to handle the day-to-day operations.
0: Yes, and from everything I've heard, he's stepping away from creative too. There's not right. a there's not a swerve there. Hallelujah. Um, and I mean.
1: In my opinion, the quality like like whoever just commented this says maybe we go back to wrestling instead of sports entertainment. Like the quality of the shows in my opinion are probably fixing to pick up and be something heavy. You know, something you can sink your teeth into, have a little meat on the bone instead of giving you well, I mean, we had chicken, but here's the bone.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and when he, if you see Stephanie and Triple H in charge, because you know Nick Khan's not going to be involved in the creative. That's not no. going to happen. Um, no. if, if any, if if Triple H is creative in, in NXT Black and Gold, is any indication we could be headed in that kind of a direction. Right. Um, now, what I will say is this: as far as Vince's legacy goes, do you know what I always say is the worst take? Anybody can have. It's those people that say Vince McMahon ruined wrestling. Well, we I hate that. that. It's the worst take. That's like saying P.T. Barnum ruined ruined the circus. Right. Okay. Like Vince McMahon did. And I know what people are gonna say who are older than me that were alive in the fucking seventies or whatever. <laughs> watch a boring ass Dory Funk matches. No disrespect to Dory Funk, but I'm just saying. I know what they're going to say. No, (laughs) Territorial Wrestling was the best. And I also love Territorial Wrestling. But to say Vince McMahon killed the business is so stupid. It's such a bad take. He made it bigger than it ever was. Right. He
1: he, he put it
0: on a grander stage. If it wasn't for his company and the way he promoted it and all the things, the way that it fell out and all the, you wouldn't have the indie scene we have now. You wouldn't right. have the con- you wouldn't have the convention scene that we have we have now. All of that spawns off of WWE. What right. are the biggest weekends for every independent wrestling company in the country? Right. WrestleMania, WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know, conventions and all that stuff. Vince McMahon did much more good for pro wrestling oh, than yeah. he ever did oh, bad, yeah. and I'm not saying he didn't do some
2: bad. Look, there are people in this world. You mentioned, Nick, that you go back to the 70s and the 60s and all that. Those same people used to watch guys throw a basketball into a peach best bucket and thought it was fun. You know what I mean? Versus now today's basketball being guys dunking the ball and flying through the air. There were people who watched baseball being played in a field. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Every sport or every form of entertainment has to evolve. Vincent Mann did it like Mark said on a grander scale. He took right. WrestleMania and made it the Super Bowl, the World Series, and the NBA Finals all in one. Because you don't just get one championship match; you get all of them yes. And bigger names and bigger celebrities. And you know, the first WrestleMania, Liberace was there, Muhammad Ali was there. Now we get cele- bigger celebrities like, uh, you know, uh, uh, the guy who played Wolverine, Hugh Jackman, and you know
0: other there, big there,
2: crazy names, you know? There's
0: another there's another thing. There's a, that's a great point. Another thing that Vince did for the wrestling business by creating, you know, some people say sports entertainment's a bad word. I don't. It's a business. No, it's a business. Um, and I enjoy I obviously I enjoy good wrestling better than weird sports entertainment like the annual like uh, cake fights and stuff on SmackDown, but right. But on the other hand to what you were saying earlier about entertainment by 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 getting wrestling into the entertainment field and bringing it mainstream, the other thing he did for for wrestlers is opened up potential for other careers as in acting, right? Exactly. As in, you know, to they could do something when their career's over, you know, parlay it into some other form of entertainment. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, for anybody that says he did he ruined the wrestling business or killed it, they're just full of their own shit, bitter. He yeah, evolved that's, that's my opinion he
2: yes. he evolved yeah yeah
1: those are, those are probably the guys too that you know will drop you on your fucking
0: neck in a match, just saying <laughs> and again, I'm not saying that I don't love to go i I love to watch mid south wrestling, and I love to watch you know nineteen eighty two Georgia and <laughs> stuff like that, but that that's that statement um uh Jeremy cotton says, thank you, Nate, thank you, Nate Archie, sucks. I saw Archie sucks. hi cotton. How are you? <laughs> Um, He's waving.
1: He's
0: (laughs) waving. So the next thing, all right, Vince McMahon's legacy overall. I think we can agree there's been no more influential figure in the history of wrestling, and no one made a bigger impact. And uh, the company's going to go on without him. Disney went on without Walt. Ford went on without Henry. Um, You know, it's it it is what it is. But the last thing i'll say i think is i think again his legacy is the the most influential human being ever in the history of the business there
2: will never be anyone look everybody's going to say well, i hate vince for this i hate this, vince for that but for every one person that's saying i hate vince there's 10 saying thank you you mm-hmm. know what i mean and even to this day look i bitch about the modern product i watch it every week i watch it constantly and there are times of wow, we gotta get Brock Lesnar back again. But then I realized, because you pointed out, he draws money. You know? Oh, yeah. we need Goldberg back again. Well, he draws money. Exactly. You know what I mean? So that's why we get a woman. Austin so just came back at, at at WrestleMania this year. Nobody bitched about that. It's like Jim no, Ross
0: it's like Jim wrong. Ross always said, it's like Jim Ross always said, the thing that matters is that you're putting an ass every eighteen inches. That's the that's the most important and thing. And he does it. And he
2: does it, and he's been doing it for 30 years. And I hope, like, I look, Vince's legacy will always live on, but now we need to see WWE take a, di- a different direction slightly under the guise of Stephanie Triple H and, I guess, Nick Khan or Sheer Khan or, you know, Tony Khan. A- or Khan he's just going to be watching
1: over the books. That's it. Right. He's going to be like, let's make sure they ain't signing no more NDAs.
2: Yeah. And I guarantee you, Triple H is going to go on an indie buying spree in these next few months just to piss piss them and con off.
1: Oh, I can have this person? Right. I can have that person?
2: Right. (laughs) You
0: know. The other thing that I've heard that is uh, maybe about the other shoes about to drop, not only are we going to, for the first time in, in... Forty years have a WWE without Vince McMahon. The first time in thirty-five years, we might have a WWE without um, without um, Kevin Dunn.
2: Right. Uh,
0: Bruce, but I'd be okay
2: with that. Would well, I'd yeah, because okay the
0: the, ca- the camera cuts. Maybe there should be somebody that won't give me motion sickness well, with their
2: camera cuts. Not only that, but I would rather I would rather see what the booking committee looks like and the production looks like with a Paul Heyman. Of Bruce Pritchard, hell, even an Eric Bischoff behind the wheel. You know yeah. what I mean? If they could coax him back, because he's been bitching about AEW anyway for the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, to see what it's like under Kevin Dunn, and it has been. Look, Kevin Dunn did a lot of great things. He helped produce The Rock in Austin. He got The Undertaker over with their, during the ministry years. You know what I mean? He helped do a lot of good. But the last 10 years, Kevin Dunn has been blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, the
0: the last thing. <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, unless you want to say something really quick about Vince McMahon retiring, which I never thought we'd see in a, our
3: lifetime or in his lifetime, anyway. Um, Just like what I was telling you guys, it wasn't Vince's. This isn't Vince, Vince McMahon's, like, I'm 77. It's time to go away, pal. Right. This is. Him just having to go away, and Godspeed. I hope, uh, hope he saved his money. <laughs> I'm
2: I'm
0: sure he did. He spent a little obviously, bit
2: of it. Apparently, <laughs> obviously, 15, he's 15 million light right now, but <laughs> that was company money. No, <laughs> uh, it's just
3: it, it's it's the pri- Vince McMahon did this to himself.
0: It's like all, I said in our all, chat earlier all the people that, the government the government tried to take him down the, Ted Turner tried to take him down Eric Bischoff tried to take him down the only person that could ever take
3: Vince down is Vince. And do you know what it was? <laughs> the, minute
1: <laughs> Here we go.
3: was the minute he made his company public. Well That's yeah
2: weird. because you had a lot more eyes on him exactly. Yep. That's then, definitely
1: not what I thought he was going to say.
3: Oh, you thought I was gonna say something about <laughs> Ivan <been pushing. laughs> well, That being uh, said, everybody. Oh, go ahead. Aaron. I'm just saying that's that's what it was. I mean, if you look at the if you look at the tail of that company, that's when it all just kind of Vince wanting to be this big non wrestling company is ultimately what led to this. And 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 I don't want to say downfall because that, that was a joke. About, I hope he saved his money. I mean, Vince McMahon is going to be set the rest of. Probably wise the- his ass with a hundred dollar deals? And the only thing I'm concerned about is that uh, Vince McMahon is a shark. And when I say that, I mean what happens when a shark stops moving? Yeah.
1: It dies.
0: Oh yeah, I told my wife. I told my wife today he'll be dead within two years. Um, you know,
2: if they if they would have waited to book the Ric Flair match that's coming up. They might have been able to do Flair versus McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> if they would have just waited four extra days, they could have had Vince versus Flair in the ultimate death match. Well, <laughs> well now they now they
3: can. He's independent. He doesn't have a contract. Yeah, but, he
2: he but he but they already booked the match here and they can't just shut it down.
1: Loser yeah. leaves laugh.
2: Yeah. If Vince is gonna
3: start to start doing cons. <laughs> Well, well I he was already was a- doing
2: a con. <laughs> <laughs> he already got done by a con. I <laughs> I did.
3: I, did I, I.
0: I don't. I don't um, flog my ego around a lot. But I. I just. I continue, I, I, I. just want to say I was right. I've been saying this for <laughs> a year. I was right. Nick Khan is a businessman. You were. He was trying to push Vince McMahon in a direction Vince McMahon didn't want to go. <clears throat> Merger, acquisition, whatever. Stephanie, wow, and Hunter, Stephanie, Stephanie, and Hunter see the future. There, they, you know, and I think they all
3: kind of worked together to get the old man out of there. And that's the last thing I'll say is at the beginning. At the beginning of this, they said that there was an executive that made this information available. It was Nick yeah. Khan. Well, I think it was Triple H could have been
2: Stephanie. I think it was Hey look. Hey look, we all know what Vince did to his dad forty some odd years ago. Let's be honest. He bought the company from under his father and told him, Go home, dad, it's time to spend time with your family. You know what I mean? So if Stephanie or Triple H or even Shane did this to Vince, it's just coming full circle. Yeah. You know?
1: Karma's a bitch. It is.
2: That's why I hope never to piss my children off because I'll be in an old folks <laughs> home very soon.
1: Well, that being said, we are oh, wearing go... a LeBarber mask, so... right?
2: <laughs> Dad, we're, we're... Going crazy. We want to put him away.
0: <laughs> we are going to sign off on this live edition of We Can't Wrestle podcast, and we are going to go record the latest edition of the show that will be out this weekend, where we continue our journey through the Pro Wrestling Illustrated five hundred. So, stay tuned for that. Thank you, everybody, who watched live tonight. And those of you that are watching after the fact, we'll see everybody later. And thanks for all the years of entertainment, Vince. Yes. Good night, everybody.
1: Bye, bye.